You mentioned uh, business credit cards. Do you typically recommend those to people if they need cash flow, or is that all dependent upon their business? Because I I know like the benefit you'll see people advertise all the time, like the financial people will always come in like, well, it doesn't hurt your credit, so you can max out or you can get cash advance, right? If your business is in a bind and it doesn't affect your personal credit score at that point. So do you ever recommend those or is that always just case by case? Um, if you're really bad at spending, then having a credit card can be dangerous. However, it is usually helpful to have a credit card in the business. And now technically you can use a personal credit card. Now that would impact your personal credit score. So if you do that, you need to be aware of that. But um, if you're just starting a business, that's probably going to be a higher credit limit for you. Because when you start a business, you don't have a credit score, right? So if you go to open a, a credit card, you may get approved for, excuse me, a lower limit. And that may not be enough for what you need. Um, but if you do do that, you open a business credit card, it will build business credit. So whoever's saying like to not worry about what it does to your credit, I probably would avoid that because you're going to tank your business credit. Uh, but yes, it won't impact your personal credit score if it's a business credit card. Um, but if you do choose to use a personal credit card, but just solely use it for business, that's the key, right? If it's a, it can be opened up on your personal side, but as long as it's just solely used for business, um, that would impact your personal credit score. However, you might've been able to get a higher limit there. Um, unless you're trying to, um, build a big business. Um, you probably don't need to worry too much about building your credit score. The benefit there is if you needed to open up, say, a line of credit, which some coaches will do, um, I would prefer you just have um, like cash in the bank, like you build up to like a core account where you keep two to three months of operating expenses there. Um, should a recession or a pullback or something happen or, or even something on the personal side that causes you to work less, um, I'd rather see that than, than have to tap into debt. But obviously, like, in theory and in the real world are two different things. Um, so sometimes you might have to tap into debt and having a good business credit score would allow you to um, probably get a line of credit there. Is And you, you kind of mentioned this. Is, is that the same with, with business funding? Because I know a lot of man, I get hit up all the time with, hey, you can get, you know, five, 10K within five minutes, right? Sign up here and it's payments weekly. Is that is that kind of something along the same lines? Because those interest rates vary as well. Is it just, hey, if you're probably a spender and you don't have cash flow coming in, don't even get tempted by those things? I mean, ultimately, I want to see you build the business without debt. So even if you're using a credit card, I would like to see you pay that off each month. Right. The, the benefit to using a credit card is like you might get bonus points, rewards, travel, whatever it is. Right. I, I want to see you paying that off each month. Like, I don't want you carrying a balance on that because then you're just getting hit with interest charge. Credit cards are usually, you know, anywhere from 20 to 30 percent interest. So those minimum payments are, are going to really bury you uh, early on. It might not feel like a lot, but then all of a sudden you've got 10, 20,000 sitting on the credit card and you know, that's a strain on your cash flow every single month because you have to make minimum yep. payments. And if you just make the minimums, you'll have that balance forever. So you've got to make more than the minimums. Um, so I'm like rule of thumb is I'm looking to avoid debt and the business at all costs. And so whoever's hitting you up with that, tell them Justin said to stop. I haven't seen that to be honest with you. That's not something I've actually really ran into. 
Yeah, mostly these are just emails. I'm sure uh, that, you know, someone's hijacked my, my emails. And so, um, I don't know, every time I've opened an LLC, I always start getting them in the mail, right? And then I start getting emails yeah. and it's always cards and it's always like, hey, we'll give you, you know, anywhere between five to 10 or 20K, you know, within five minutes, sign up here and do this. I know PayPal actually, not only are they pressing MasterCard for businesses, I get help with emails all the time. Hey, your business is qualified for a, you know, $5,000 loan, fill out this application to see, uh, you know, what next steps are for you. Yeah, I actually just heard my buddy told me that Novo, the bank I talked about earlier, started offering financing as well. I haven't looked into it. Financing doesn't really interest me. Um, I don't feel the need to do it. And um, sure, I would say if, if that was the biggest issue, go get a side job um, because you can run a coaching business pretty lean. So yeah. I would rather see someone go get a side job and just build it on the side for a year or so. And uh, rather than than put themselves in a hole with a bunch of debt at the beginning, because I really think it, the debt can kill your business. I've seen it hurt so many coaches uh, where they, you know, they signed up for coaching programs and put it on. Um, a lot of them, like a lot of the big programs now, are partnering with like third party financing companies, and so it's essentially like a personal loan. Um, and so what's happening is like, for example, Cam, like you've got this really awesome program, you've pitched me on it but it's $15,000 to join. I don't have $15,000, but you've partnered with this company over here who's willing to write me the loan. And so, you know, I sign up for it. Now I'm in your program right away. This third-party company holds a loan. Cam, I realize you kind of suck after like two months, no offense. Uh, and I don't really want to continue with this program. Well, you still have a $15,000 loan over here at the third-party company and, and, you're not going to change that, right? And so that's that's a an issue that's starting to pop up quite a bit. And it might not be fifteen thousand, might be five thousand, ten thousand, but you know it's a decent sum of money when you're when you're just launched your coaching business in the last year or two. Um, I try to avoid those. I, I prefer if you don't have the money available to invest in coaching, or if the coach doesn't offer month to month. Um, I don't. I just don't think it's it's. Uh, it'll work for a very few percentage of people and you will hear all about them and all their stories, but I think it will hurt more coaches than it helps. Yeah, that's so that's true. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's so true. I mean, you know, I, I've always heard the, the adage, if you invest, or in this case, if you use your business and get an expense of education, um, if it, it should at least five or 10 X your return. Now that's over time. Right. So if you read a book, right, $20 book, hopefully within X amount of months or years of me reading this book, right, I've 10x my investment of $20, right? It's probably brought me more than that if it was a decent book. Uh, but I think where people get caught up in that is just as you're saying, they take on all this debt because in their head, they're thinking short term, like, oh, this program's great. I'm going to learn X, Y, and Z and then be able to make all this front end cash and I'm going to have money and I'm going to be great. And it's like, that's, that's not how you should really view that because as you're saying, this is a huge expense depending on the length of the loan. What are the terms of the loan? What is that percent that you have to actually pay back? All those things. I mean, you can be having you know, anywhere between a thousand to $2,000 payment per month. And if you're already stretched kind of thin, I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think many people have just ran like, you know, a front end challenge and then been like, Hey, thumbs up. All, all good here. And, you know, like I'm empathetic to coaches too, because it's, one, it's not very easy to figure out up front, like, is this worth the investment? Because all you hear is that you're going to make 
10k a month and you know 90 days like the real i post so michael today right you're gonna make 10k a month in 90 days right and you hear a couple really big success stories and so in fairness to coaches like that actually seems like a really great investment you can't blame them for wanting to do that and just wanting to figure it out because in theory the numbers make a lot of sense if you're telling me I only have to pay you six, seven, you know, 10 grand, but I'm going to be making 10 K a month within 90 days. I can make that back so easy. The problem is, is when you don't realize that the 10 K months aren't going to be consistent right away. If you even hit that 10 K month, right? So paid in fulls obviously make your numbers look really, really good. And I'm not against paid in fulls, but you need to know how to manage them. Um, and then the other thing is, is if you don't actually take the money that you got back on the investment, let's say it does work out, right? Let's say it's a good investment. And let's just say you two times that, right? I don't want to get crazy with five to 10 times and set unrealistic expectations. But let's say you invested five grand and within 90 days, you made a 10 grand in a month. How much profit did you make? Like, did you make 10K because you went and hired two assistant coaches? So like at the end of the month, you made 10K, but you're really still bring. you might even be bringing home less. So there's not even any money to go pay the loan, right? So the loan's still sitting there building up. You're making the monthly payments, but you're not paying off the loan. So I would challenge coaches to think about that, right? Like even if it works out and you're making the more, like more revenue, are you just as profitable? Are you more profitable? Are you less profitable? Because revenue does not matter. Profit matters. Judging from the book behind you, Profit First, I, I would say that's probably true. Yeah, I'm a big fan of profit. Um, I like the Profit First model, but it's not practical for new coaches or early coaches. Um, early on, I'd rather just see you set aside tax money. Like, let's start there. Uh, but it's a really good cash management system that I think ultimately most coaches as they reach successful levels uh, can implement in their business. I want to go back a second. You, you mentioned briefly Peyton Fools, and I've seen you post a little bit about this uh, recently, um, you know, asking, hey, if you got a Peyton Fool for 6K, how much did you make that month? Is this something that you're seeing a lot that that coaches are running this Peyton Fool model so they get like this this cash up front? And then so then they're either spending it or um, doing something else with it versus viewing it as they probably should, which is over the course of the, the agreed upon contract length. Yeah, absolutely. And apparently everyone cheated when I ran that poll on my Instagram because like all the coaches got it right, but that's not what I see. So it's kind of funny, right? It's like they know the answer. <laughs> they, they know the real answer, but um, so... Yeah, the, the, the issue with paid in fulls, right? I like paid in fulls. If you're good with your money, paid in fulls are good, right? Get paid as soon as possible. You don't have to worry about them, you know, canceling month to month. Uh, so in theory, paid in fulls are good. I like to see a balance of both, to be honest with you. I do want some recurring revenue so I can predict and project out my cash flow. Uh, but here's the biggest issue with paid in fulls that I see. So I have a 10K month, but it's because I received three paid in fulls of three grand plus some other recurring revenue, right? I start to make decisions in my business based on that 10K a month. So maybe I hire, maybe I add on a, a mentor, maybe I add on some education costs, maybe I buy some new software, whatever it is, right? 
what I really should have done was taken that say nine grand and paid in full and projected it out over however many months the agreement was. Let's say it was 10 months. So it's 900 bucks each. Right. So I've actually only increased my monthly income by 900, not by 9,000. Right. So I think it's really important to understand that when you're making decisions in your business, because what really ends up happening is you have a really high month and then the next month you tank. And the reason you tank is because you had to serve all these paid in fulls, right? They're not paying you next month, but you still have to go out and deliver really great service on them. Um, but you're not going to have any time or energy left to do any marketing or onboarding or lead gen or whatever it is that you need to do to build your business. You don't have any time for that. Because I, I kind of call it like a reverse debt, right? Like you're indebted to the service of these clients who they've already paid you up front. So if you didn't respect and responsibly uh, manage that money, it's gone. But the work is there. Like the work is still in front of you. That money's gone. Um, and so I just think it's really important if you're going to be doing paid in fulls to like reasonably project them out over time and set your spending limits and your business decisions accordingly. That's so true. Cause I mean, that's what we see all the time, right? You, whether it's a challenge or it's paid in fulls, it doesn't matter if you have a great month, you know, if February you're running a, a front end offer and say you're doing a five day free challenge and then you're selling people on the back end and you just sold, you know, uh, 30 paid in fulls at X price. Like that's great. You know, if you already had like 10 or 15 clients, Okay, well, now you've got 45 clients. Now, have you positioned yourself in a way to make sure that your delivery doesn't break, your systems don't break, that your check-ins are are positioned in a certain way to where everyone's still getting the same amount of attention? Have you lauded for all that time? Because as you're saying, not only now do you have to deliver an epic service to all these new people, but if you don't want to start slowly going down or possibly have a, a gigantic drop-off, you got to still market. So all the other things still don't change. You may not be running a challenge now the next month, but you still got to do all the other things. So it's like, have you accounted for for, for all those different situations? And um, I, I don't think that's something that because, you know, when we're starting out on this business and we just, we see money, we're like, I know I need money, so I need to do this thing and then I'll do the next thing. You know, Patrick Beck, David always calls it, you know, your next five moves. It's just, you've got a lot for those things coming on the back end for the for the service delivery as well. And I mean, that, that kind of runs into forecasting, which we briefly touched on earlier. Um, how far out do you want coaches thinking about their, their, their profit and, and their business? You know, is this something that like, Hey, each quarter you should just go ahead and project some numbers and know where you sit, um, in case, you know, like best case, worst case scenarios, is this something they should be thinking like for the entire year or how are they able to do that? You know, without driving quarterly. themselves crazy. Yeah. Quarterly is a good place to start. Right. So you're going to want to take the data from the last quarter to get like a realistic expectation where things are at and then project out the next quarter, right? And you can also, like, if you really wanted to, you could update this monthly and just go like a rolling three months, uh, which just means like an average of the three months previously. Um, but quarterly should be good enough for most coaches. And as they get more involved in the finances and understanding the financial data, they could extend it farther if they wanted to, um, you know, Rolling 12-month data is usually good because it accounts for all the seasons, right, of your business. So a lot of coaches will say they're really slow in, like, December and January, and they're really slow in the summer as well just because people are off doing things, holidays, uh, summer vacation, etc. So you'd never want to, like, just look at 
the data from the summer and be like, I'm making decisions based off that, right? So like if you have low points and the longer you track this, the more you can recognize these patterns and trends. So it's, it's hard, it is hard for a new coach, don't get me wrong. Uh, but the longer you track these things, you get data and patterns and you can say like, okay, over the last 12 months, rolling 12 months just means an average of 12 months, then you update it. So like one month falls off and you add in the new month, right? And so when you're looking at that, you can get a really good representation of trends. Um, I totally forget what the question was. <laughs> it's okay. Trends are your friends. I, I, I'm with you there. Uh, forecast. Uh, quarterly forecasting. And the reason the trends matter is because it'll give you realistic expectations on what you're forecasting, right? But forecastings are never, it's, it's never going to be 100% right. So you have to understand that. And so it's also helpful sometimes to maybe look at like, okay, this is what would happen at 10% growth. Here's a worst case scenario. Here's like, you know, 10% more than our best case scenario. You know, just kind of giving yourself scenarios to look at. And that's why quarterly is helpful because you will see quick, sh quick shifts in your business. Um, and you can kind of update that each quarter. That makes a lot of sense. Um, man, I, I just can't emphasize that enough. Um, if you guys take anything away from that, just start something. But the reality is, is like you can't do any of that until you start tracking the data. And so that's why it's really important to just do the bookkeeping. Like set 15 minutes a week. You know, I said this, I've said this before. Not everyone needs, you know, to hire an outsourced CFO. You can do a lot of this on your own, especially early on when you have the time to, you know, maybe learn it a little bit. And if you have like the passion to do it and understand the numbers, you can do this on your own. Just set aside 15 minutes, do a little money date, put it on the calendar, same time every week, same time, you know, 15 minutes every Friday, go in, update your transactions, and then that's it, right? So if you get into a habit of doing that, you will have the data because you can't do, can't look at your profit. You can't uh, do projections. Can't do any of this if you don't have the data. You mentioned QuickBooks. You've mentioned Nova. Are there any other softwares that you typically recommend to people for for tracking any of this data uh, or or metrics? Or is it no? Just just start there. And if you have a bank account, that's fine. If not, check out you know Nova or something similar. Uh, for for these, it would be actually not Novo. It, that would be just your bank account. It would be Wave, which is a free one. Um, QuickBooks, which is what I use for clients. It's like 30 bucks a month. Um, the numbers are really important. Like I wouldn't cheap out, you know what I mean? Wave's pretty good if you like it. Um, and then you can do spreadsheets. It's just, if you're not a spreadsheets person, you're not going to do it, right? You're going to get to that task on Friday and be like, I'll do it tomorrow. And then next Friday comes, I'll do it tomorrow. And then we're like a year in and all of a sudden you're like, I need to file my taxes this month. Oh, I never did any of my bookkeeping. Now your hair's do you typically? Do you typically recommend like doing invoices through QuickBooks as well? Or do you typically send people to something like a Stripe or, you know, a PayPal for, for actual like business invoices and things like that? Uh, probably Stripe or PayPal. And then what you want to do is like, I prefer if you just have like one, two max, um, what you then want to do is have all of those payouts funneled to your business bank account. Business bank account is going to become the hub, right? So anything you're paying out of 
So even if you do like a credit card, like you put a bunch of expenses on your credit card, that gets paid out business credit card. That gets paid out of the business bank account. Uh, Stripe payouts, they go straight into your business bank account. If you're going to pay yourself from that money, that's fine, but it goes into the business account first, and then you do a distribution to your personal account. Um, and if you're an S-Corp, then you know it's it's a different story. You have to pay yourself a salary. So if you're an S-Corp, a lot of what I said didn't apply to that. Just to clarify. <laughs> just scratch everything you just said. Um, when, when would somebody like an online coach, when would they come to you? Is it, do you like to see them at a certain, you know, income month to month? Is it a certain profit? Is it when they can afford somebody with your services? Like when should they start thinking about getting, you know, a financial advisor? Um, that's a tough one to answer because I don't like to, I don't want to discourage people from, you know, following or reaching out because I get people from all different levels. And if you're a new coach, usually I kind of give you a little couple of tips and send you on your way, obviously, because, you know, it's probably harmful for you to pay my fee. If you look for like one-to-one outsource CFO services, probably like 15 to 20K a month revenue. Obviously, I got to see your profit as well. So it's hard to say a dollar amount um, because if you're not really running much of a profit at those, like my fee is going to hurt you more than it's going to help. But when you get up to like 15 to 20K in revenue, you should have some profit and you probably have less time on your hands to do this work. And so then it becomes a trade-off, right? Like, can you pay me to do this and it saves you X amount of time, which you can then use to make more money? By the way, that's a theory. It doesn't work if you just don't use that time to make more money, right? Then it becomes (laughs) an expense. Like we we open this up with, that's when it becomes an expense. If you don't take the time that you've created by, by investing in something, uh, and use that to leverage your time, then it's it's just an expense, right? So that's what I would say. Probably like 15, 20K and you feel like you don't have the time or you just, you literally hate doing that. It needs to be done. So if you hate doing it and you're okay with spending to have someone else do it for you, then that's totally cool as well. Or if you're like, I'm really good at tracking, but I feel like I don't know what to do with the data because that's really where the biggest gap comes into play. Um, then I can help there as well. If you're under 15 to 20K, if you're maybe like 10, you know, seven, eight plus, and you just want like some coaching, go ahead and reach out because I, you know, I'll help coaches who kind of just get their system set up and they can go off and kind of do it on their own. But you will see that a lot of coaches as they kind of get to a point where they're like, I should probably be doing this. But I don't really know what to do. Um, you just kind of help them get the system set up and they can go off and do it on their own. If you're before that, I've thought about um, some type of group or, or community or something to help those. You know, I think there's a really big opportunity to help new coaches get the system set up and let them learn like the pitfalls to avoid before they ever experience them. Right? Like, I think that would be extremely helpful. But obviously, someone in that position can't afford a one-to-one CFO. And so it's like, how do you get this information to them? Obviously, I can create free content, which I do, um, but like more guided and have them maybe also be associated with other coaches who are in that same journey as them and they care about the same things. They care about running a legitimate business uh, where they don't treat it as like a personal piggy bank. I haven't figured that out yet, but that is something that I feel like is an opportunity and that needs to be uh, solved. Absolutely. Well, dude, 
Thank you so much for joining us today on Run the Block. Where can people actually get in touch with you? What's best? Is it Instagram, Twitter? Do you have carrier pigeons? Where's best to uh, contact you? Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. So, um, you know, I appreciate you having me on. Instagram would be Justin Green FP. You can find me on Twitter by the same username. Also, I have a podcast, and this is we got we got to circle back. Don't forget. Yeah, this is a callback. Um, baby. Just just dropped an episode today with Cam and Michael. It's Dollars and Dumbbells podcast. So, uh, go ahead, check that out. Feel free to DM me on Instagram. I'm always talking to coaches, um, and you know, let me know if you have any questions or you know what you thought about this. And you will see a lot of content around my Crocs. Uh, so I wear Crocs, and Cam thinks they're the coolest <laughs> shoe ever i thought about putting one up on my bookshelf like he's got a nike um so just be aware when you follow me on instagram that is uh you'll get a lot of croc content as well rocking the crocs we will save that conversation for another day uh thank you so much thank you all for listening we'll see you next time on run the block thanks cam thanks for earning experience points with us today on run the block part of the cam explains emerging channel if you actually want to work with me or my team at no clouds media connect with me on instagram at cam.explains There you'll find even more helpful content tips, growth strategies, earliest downloads, or if nothing else, I can guarantee you'll get a good laugh of myself or our pup Oliver throughout the day. Just hit me up at camp.explains. Bonus, if you are following me on Instagram, you also get first dibs on limited spots for the community we're building inside of our network, where we will have tons of free resources, overtime sessions, networking events, special guests, and much more planned as we grow. So be sure to follow along at camp.explains, and we will see you for your next session of Run the Block to earn even more experience points. Hope this helps. And remember, kindness. Pass it on. Bye for now.